Hey, when you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about those out-of-pocket costs. Now, that could be a lot of money, but are your medical bills accurate? Now, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills actually contain errors. Now, HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, or fraud. Now, you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Check them out online, healthlock.com. Go there today. Joe Biden wants you taxed to the brink under the thumb of the IRS, and controlled with a digital dollar. That's why thousands of hardworking patriotic Americans are opting out by diversifying their savings with the top-rated precious metals company, GoldCo. Right now, GoldCo is offering up to $10,000 in bonus silver, but only while supplies last, so don't wait. Go to HannityGold.com to learn how to get started today. That's HannityGold.com. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, of now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Well, we're coming to your city. Gonna play our guitars and sing you a country song. We'll all be flying higher than a jetliner. And if you want a little bang in your yin-yang, come along. And you have White House officials come up here to say, no, 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 that's not what a recession is. It's something else. How is that not redefining recession? Because that's not the definition. Two negative quarters of GDP growth is not uh, the technical definition of recession. It's not the definition that economists have traditionally uh, relied on. It's not a game. There's a technical thing called a recession, and its definition is as I've described it. That doesn't sound like a recession to me. Freedom is back in style. Welcome to the revolution. Yeah, we're coming to your city. Gonna play our guitars and sing you a country song. Sean Hannity. The new Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. This is a special edition of the Sean Hannity Show. America trapped behind enemy lines. Day number 349. Right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show. Toll free, it's 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, you know, we've um, we've talked about the humiliating, embarrassing phone call Joe Biden had with President Xi yesterday, uh, basically threatening the United States. You know, why we don't have a president aware enough, strong enough cognitively strong or, or even aware enough on the issues that would have mattered. What are the real origins of COVID-19? Are you planning on compensating uh, the million-plus Americans uh, that, in fact, themselves died from COVID-19 because of the Wuhan Virology Lab? Why was it you took on a policy in China that if you were in Wuhan, you were not allowed to travel to any other part of China? And if you were in any other part of China, you couldn't travel to Wuhan province. But if you were in Wuhan, 
You could travel from Wuhan. You could travel all the way around the world, and they allowed that kind of travel. Uh, is that not the, the, all the evidence one would need that they knew exactly what was going on here? Uh, now we see, I've been talking about this new axis of evil, and that is Russia and China and Iran, a new alliance that has formed. And you know what? Anybody that has any sense in the world would be concerned about it. We saw that just today the Kremlin offered strong support for China over the issues involving Taiwan. Now the question is, what's Nancy Pelosi going to do? It's still unclear as she makes her trip abroad throughout Asia, whether or not she will stop by our ally after the warning, the die you'll reap what you sow, um, you'll get burned, whatever the comment of President she was yesterday. You know, is she going to stop in Taiwan or is she going to capitulate to the threats of the communist Chinese? Uh, is Joe going to try and, and kiss their ass and give them more of our strategic petroleum reserves like he did? A million barrels of our oil at a point where we have the highest price per gasoline per gallon that we've ever had in history. Uh, why is he talking about eliminating tariffs that Donald Trump put on China, especially with their territorial ambitions on full display? None of it makes any sense. Um, now, with all these hostile regimes, we have a lot of big issues that come into play. And one of them has to do, and I have talked about this before, with a prisoner, a WNBA player by the name of Brittany uh, Griner, who happens to be a phenomenal player. And now they've talked about whether or not they would do a prisoner swap um, in terms of this guy that has a, a reputation, a known reputation of being involved in the worst activities here. Victor Bout is his name. And, you know, is the administration hell bent on trading somebody that has a minor offense that's been sentenced, what, up to 10 years in jail, you know, for somebody that we know is involved in espionage and is a, a clear and present danger, not only to the U.S., but to the world. Anyway, joining us now is Derek Maltz. He's a former agent in charge of the DEA Special Operations Division. He went to the White House with the DEA's chief of operations and an agent who worked for him when President Bush's terrorism advisor challenged the DEA to see what they could do about this significant national security threat, Victor Bout. And with the power of the DEA around the world, you know, they were able to take him down, put him in jail for seven months, working with their counterparts and high-level sources and they set up a sting operation and arrested bout in thailand and he was then convicted on four terror charges in federal court and he joins us now to tell us about this guy and who we're dealing with here anyway uh derek thank you for being with us thank you sean very much i appreciate you bringing up this very important story it's really an unbelievable uh comment that was made by several people victor boot is a known international arms trafficker He's been around since the 90s. He bought all these aircraft and weapons from the collapse of the Soviet Union. He fueled brutal wars around the world in Africa and other places. The DEA was asked to go after this guy, and seven months after we were passed by the White House terrorism advisor for President Bush, we took him down. But, Sean, he was negotiating with our informant to sell us 800 surface-to-air missiles, 30,000 AK-47s, 10 million rounds of ammunition, five tons of C-4 plastic explosives. He was going to give us also some aircraft to attack U.S. forces in Colombia because the whole sting operation involved 
you know, informants that represented themselves as members of the FARC in Colombia, and that Victor Bout bragged about how America was the enemy, and it was his enemy as well. But the thing that really gets me crazy, Sean, is that... By the way, the guy- let me ask you, though, when he was going to sell you the 800 surface-to-air missiles, who did he think he was selling it to? So he thought our informants were representatives of the FARC, a narco-terrorist organization in Colombia, and he wanted to use those weapons against U.S. personnel. That's what he was charged and convicted uh, with, you know, conspiracy to kill Americans and using surface-to-air missiles. So he was a very big global national security threat, not only to America, but to the world. And what's really sad, Sean, is after the initial proceedings in Thailand, when the lower court ruled against his extradition to America, all of a sudden the apparatus of the Obama administration, including Eric Holder, Hillary Clinton, they all got involved. They they basically touted this guy as one of the most prolific arms dealers in the world, needs to be held accountable for his actions. They talked about, it was a letter from Congress, a bipartisan signed letter from mem- members of Congress that talked about that Victor Boot was one of the worst terrorists in the world. So, so it's like amazing, like they forget that this guy, you know, it was a multiple, you know, year, you know, effort by not only the DEA, but by the U.S. government apparatus to put this guy in jail to face the rule of law and put him where he belongs, in prison. And now the thought of letting him go for some marijuana user, whatever it was, cannabis oil, she was over in Russia. She, she had a the equivalent of a pod that had THC in it, which is the which is the active ingredient that gets people high when they when they smoke weed. So so they're willing to take this guy and exchange this guy for Brittany Griner. Now, let me be clear. I want Brittany Griner home. She's a fellow U.S. citizen. This is a minor offense. This is Vladimir Putin humiliating Joe Biden. So it, it goes on a much deeper level than this just being about Victor Boot. But you know, describing who Victor Boot is and what he's been involved in and what he would likely go back to, uh, I think is very critical in terms of is this the right guy to make a prisoner swap with for Brittany Griner? Um, I want her home as much as anybody. I've, I've been saying it as long as anybody. But Right. I, I agree, Sean, 100% that she should come home. That's not the issue. We have to uphold the rule of law. This guy is a global terrorist. He's one of the biggest arms traffickers. The White House asked the DEA to go after him. These are really, like, important concepts that President Biden needs to understand. He was the vice president when all this was going on. I went to the White House Situation Room with all the leaders of these agencies to discuss how are we going to get this guy back after the Thai court ruled against the extradition. And it was a top-priority meeting for multiple agencies in the government, the intelligence community, the State Department, and law enforcement agencies. And we work closely with the Thai counterparts to get this guy back. And now to send him is just a complete slap in the face of law enforcement around the world. And, you know, Victor Boot has been, he's been a target of multiple agencies, the intelligence community, other agencies for years. After 9-11, he was selling weapons to the Taliban, and he was a huge threat. The Treasury Department had him as a top-tier threat. So it's not like he's just your you know, local arms guy. He was one of the biggest in the world.
when if you get these surface to air missiles into the United States and and literally they're here and you have a terror cell that gets a hold of those weapons, the danger is is beyond comprehension. If you have 800 of them, what then you have 30, 100 uh, terrorists in a cell that can make their way across the border anytime they want at this point, because we have open borders under Joe Biden. But if they they had the weapons, were able to get them, smuggle them into the U.S., and you have the terrorists that are willing to use them, I mean, we could wake up one morning and you'd have one commercial aircraft after another taken out of the sky. Am I wrong on that? No, you're 100% right. But now it's even worse because with the wide open border, we have terrorists in the country already. I mean, look at the, you know, the statistics at the border. I mean, we could go on all day, all the gotaways that are in America. We have no idea who they are. They could be Iranian, Hezbollah terrorists. They could be Hezbollah terrorists. They could be Iranians, Chinese. It, it's, it's, un, it's unknown because we don't know who these people are. So it's very well, we, 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 we reported on this. We know specifically, you know, there was a, a short period where they, they caught over 45 known terror uh, members from different organizations crossing our southern border. I mean, the latest numbers, Sean, was about 54, according to CBP. And those are the only ones that they reported on from the terror right. watch list. But we have so many more in the country, and hopefully they're not plotting the next terror, terror act. But guys like Victor Booth get out, they're going to want revenge against America. He was sitting in jail for the last, since 2000, I think, 12. Uh, you know, he's been sitting in jail. He, he was convicted in like six hours in Southern District of New York. Even Eric Holder came out after the, uh, the conviction and bragged about the amazing work done around the, around the world, three continent, continents. One of the most prolific arms traffickers is being held accountable. So it's like so ironic that now they're talking about, because of politics, to get Brittany Griner back. Victor Bout should even be in the conversation. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back more on this potential prisoner exchange. Not a fair one, obviously. More with Derek uh, Maltz, former uh, agent in charge of the DEA's Special Operations Division. He helped put this guy uh, in jail. It's amazing that that this deal is even being considered by Joe Biden, but you'd expect that. Victor Bout, uh, you know, this guy was a known arms trafficker, terrorist, and we put him in jail for a long period of time. That, that's not the same. There's, there's no equivalency with what Brittany Griner was, quote, convicted of. We continue with Derek Maltz as we discuss this proposed prisoner exchange with Vladimir Putin uh, as unfair and unreasonable as it seems on the surface. It's even worse, as we've been discussing. You're bringing up so many good points, Derek. Look at it this way. You know, here and to me, you've got to examine deeply the connection between Hunter Biden, the Biden family, the Biden family syndicate, the monies that they got from countries like Russia, meaning Hunter with no experience from a Russian oligarch, former first lady of Moscow, and the connection. Why, why would Joe Biden give a waiver for Vladimir Putin's uh, Nord Stream 2 pipeline at the exact same time he's canceling the Keystone XL pipeline? You know, why is he talking about here's here you have saber rattling by China 
you know, we're getting lectured and threatened by President Xi yesterday. Those who play with fire will get burned. We're getting threatened yesterday. And and Joe Biden is offering to lift tariffs from China. Uh, We're getting lectures on whether our Speaker of the House can go visit an allied country of the United States. And we're warned that we better not do it. And Joe sat there and took it. He didn't say a word about COVID. He didn't say a word about intellectual property theft. He didn't say a word about uh, unfair trade practices. He did nothing except get lectured. And it seems, you know, we have a $1.5 billion bank of deal China with Hunter. He had no experience for that. They get a million barrels of our strategic uh, petroleum reserves. There's no need to give those emergency reserves to China. And it just seems every country that, that Hunter made money in, we, we seem to be compromised. Yeah, so, Sean, can I just make a comment? Because you did a great story with Sarah Carter this past week on the billions of real estate transactions in America by the Chinese. One thing the people of America are missing is that the drug money that is being circulating around America is being picked up by Chinese students and being laundered by the Chinese. I guarantee you a lot of these cash purchases that have been made in America by the Chinese Communist Party and other businessmen is from drug cartel proceeds and the fentanyl deaths that are happening in America at record levels. It's really the perfect storm for our country in regards to these foreign actors like China and their relationships now that they have with the Mexican cartels. It's off the charts dangerous, and it's happening in our backyards. No one's paying attention to the fact that the Chinese have taken over the money laundering operations for the Mexican cartels as our kids are dying at historic levels. It's pretty frightening. Um, um, Listen, we appreciate you reminding everybody of this. I do want Brittany Griner home. Letting this guy out and and having such an an unequal, unfair exchange, I don't think is the right answer. And it's another example of Joe showing nothing but weakness on the world stage. I think you agree with that. 100%, Sean. Thank you very much for having me today. All right, Derek. Always appreciate you being with us. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Sean Hannity Show, a thermonuclear MMA assault on fake news. Hannity's on right now. All right, 25 now to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, we'll get to your calls here in a second. My, my favorite, maybe one of my favorite cuts of the week is Muriel Bowser. Now, this is the woman that, in writing, rejected the National Guard on January 6th. You know, we now have evidence that all five people in the room heard, including Donald Trump himself and his chief of staff, Mark Meadows, and the secretary of defense saying to me, absolutely, that Donald Trump ordered guard troops in spite of what you might have heard edited this week and released. Uh, And Cash Patel, they all said the same thing. And then in the IG report... This is the Biden inspector general analyzing January 6th and the Department of Defense's response to it. Uh, Quoted General Milley hearing that, but it was Muriel Bowser, the mayor of D.C., in writing that actually said 
no, she's not going to, uh, she doesn't want the Guard troops called up. And once a president authorizes its, their use, then it becomes the jurisdiction, in this case of the D.C. mayor, and in the case of the Capitol, that would be Nancy Pelosi. Nobody has asked her any questions. Anyway, putting all of that aside, but now she wants the National Guard. And why does she want the National Guard? Because Greg Abbott has been sending busloads of illegal immigrants to her city, her sanctuary city of Washington, D.C. How ironic. Listen. Can you update us on your efforts with the migrant buses that are coming from uh, Texas and Arkansas that we see seemingly on an increasing basis down near Union Station? Uh, sure. So um, we are very focused and we continue to be very focused on uh, having the federal government do its part uh, and take the lead in addressing what we see as a growing humanitarian crisis uh, with people who are seeking asylum uh, coming across the country to get uh, to their final destinations. And we're going to continue uh, to pursue uh, federal involvement. What does that mean? Oh, well, Mark, I think you know we've had a number of discussions. We've facilitated FEMA's involvement with a million dollar grant that has now been increased. Uh, to work with our non a lead nonprofit agency. Uh, we facilitated using those grant funds to set up respite uh, a center in uh, a neighboring jurisdiction. Uh, and I've also asked uh, the Secretary of the Army uh, to deploy uh, the D.C. National Guard to help uh, lead that effort. Oh, okay. Now all of a sudden it's important. Now this is very important for every Republican governor in every state, all 50 states, they've got to understand something here. When Joe Biden is aiding and abetting law breaking and he's assisting people, he's just basically he's not he's not enforcing the laws of the land. And he's even giving illegal immigrants preferential treatment. They don't they don't need covid tests. They don't have vaccine mandates. They get free Biden cell phones and then they get transported to any one of the 48 states in, in the continental United States. So now that Greg Abbott has shown us the way and now that they're beginning to realize what states like Arizona, Nevada, states like Texas uh, and other states have had to deal with uh, every state. When they find illegal immigrants, needs to put them on a bus and send them to Muriel Bowser and 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue and let them deal with the problem that they created. They're the ones that have aided and abetted law breaking. They're not enforcing the law. They're not respecting our borders, our sovereignty. Let them handle it. It's apparently very annoying to them. How? What a what a shock. What hypocrisy. Uh, what did you want to say, Linda? I, I see you I waving your hand. I've been ooh, very cool. Ooh, ooh. You're like Korshak. <laughs> you know, this, welcome this back, issue, Cotter. Yeah, this issue. I love that show. This issue is actually very annoying to me. So in 2017, when President Trump informed cities like D.C. that if they continued to allow themselves to be sanctuary cities, that he would be taking back federal funding and grants for things that they did. He's like, I'm not going to support it. And she said that she was going to maintain her sanctuary city status. She said, I will not let the residents of D.C. live in fear. The district is and will continue to be a sanctuary city, end quote. So now that she's actually, you know, her chickens have come home to roost, if you will, she is literally the antithesis of what she said herself in 2017. It's like, okay, well, you wanted this, but you just didn't want it when it was your problem. 
Now it's uh, actually your problem, and you don't like it. Back at not just not it's not in my backyard syndrome. That 100%. Kind of thing. Well said. Yeah. Yes. All right, let's go to North Carolina. David is standing by this Friday. David, hi. How are you? Glad you called. Thank you for being with us. Hey, Sean, you're a great American. We appreciate what you do. Well, thank hey. you for making the show possible. We appreciate it. I uh, can't do it without you. What's on your mind this Friday? So now that all this evidence is starting to come out, um, showing that there was definitely defamation of character against Donald Trump, and I'm sure he's going to probably bring up some lawsuits, wouldn't it be an advantage for the Republican Party, the conservative movement, to help support him and try to take down a lot of these media um, liars? You know, my answer may surprise you. Um, I watched the president's last few speeches, and when the president's on substance, when the president's focused on the forgotten men and women, that, that, that's what brought him to the dance, I think, more than anything. I don't think he's... He's any better than when he's talking about fighting for we, the American people, to make this country stronger, to make this country more prosperous, to control our borders, to be energy dominant, not just energy independence, uh, to have a, a tough foreign policy uh, uh, stature in the world that we the world knows we mean what we say and we say what we mean. And they have a, a genuinely healthy fear of him, unlike Joe Biden. Now, maybe I'm wrong. I, I, I have to deal with this in my own personal life. As a public figure, it is a very high standard to go around and start suing news organizations. Now, a lot was made, for example, earlier this week. Nicholas Sandman, uh, five of the news outlets that he is suing was thrown out in summary judgment. Now, there were three, the Washington Post, CNN, and one other, oh, NBC News, they had previously settled with Nicholas Sandman. And by the way, in the CNN case, that was thrown out on summary judgment, but he won on appeal. I think if he goes back, he'll win on appeal. The difference being is he's not a public figure. Now, Times v. Sullivan, landmark Supreme Court case, says that to, to prove actual libel, you have to show an absence of malice. In other words, that you, you didn't intend to inflict harm. So the standard, though, historically has been so high that as a public figure, you can pretty much say anything you want about me and and get away with it. You know, I, I contemplated I was really teetering on the brink of suing The New York Times after they pretty much accused me of giving advice that would kill would have killed old people over covid. And meanwhile, in the end, I gave better advice than they ever did, which was listen to your doctor and and don't necessarily listen to anybody in media or in government. And I turned out to be right because they were wrong 90 percent of the time. So it's it's tempting to do. It just takes too much time. It's too expensive. And I don't want him losing focus in terms of getting this nation to understand that there are policies that fail and there are uh, principles and policies that work. I'd rather him stay focused on saving the country and making America great again. That's my preference. Listen to you for this final advice. You know, so, I mean, listen, I, I love to pick a fight as much as anybody, but sometimes you got to pick your fights. If I was Donald Trump and I'm running the second time, 
I wouldn't do a single mob, media mob, mainstream media interview the entire time. If he becomes president again, I would ignore them the entire presidency and focus on the American people and getting our economy back back up to speed, bringing our place in the world to where it should be again and and getting people out of the ditch that that Biden has dug pretty much everywhere. Anyway, David, appreciate the call. Don, Florida, what's going on in paradise, sir? Glad you called. Hey, I'm just trying to find out what what is with this Inflation Reduction Act of adding more money? Was it four hundred billion dollars to start with? You know, when you got to keep printing money, how is this going to reduce inflation? And and what did they do with how did they get Joe Manchin to flip on this? Was this the pipeline in West Virginia that has been stopped building uh, for for natural gas? There's a lot of things I, I I tried to talk to you about, and and even like when you're talking about you know buying oil from here, there, and every place else, even countries of Saudi Arabia. How many people in the U.S. already know that Saudi Arabia? owns our largest refinery in Port Arthur, Texas. They own it. 600,000 barrels a day. They shut it down down or Houston gets hit with a a big hurricane and uh, it shut down uh, because of damage where we're in trouble. You know, the reality is dealing with the world's, you know, hostile regimes when we have all the energy we could ever use for hundreds of years is is it there's a form of madness behind this you know if the if your argument is well we can't drill and we can't frack and we can't mine for coal because it hurts mother earth um but we don't have alternatives so we'll stop all domestic production where we would do it cheaper and we do it faster and we do it cleaner um and then go to these countries that hate our guts on our hands and knees and kiss the ass of pariah nations and and murdering dictators doesn't make sense to me. And it doesn't make sense to the American people either. And the games that they play by releasing these strategic petroleum reserves, that is a Band-Aid fix. You're still going to have to replenish them, number one. Number two, it's only a temporary drop in, in gas prices, and that temporary drop is still twice what you were paying than when, when Donald Trump was president. You know... Uh, there's one thing that Donald Trump did that no other president had done that was amazing. He got us to energy independence. That was the first time in 75 years. Now I would say take it to the next level. Energy dominance. And energy dominance is defined that we're energy independent for this country. But we produce so much more energy, you know, oil, natural gas, that we sell it abroad to our allies so they're not dependent on hostile regimes like Vladimir Putin's. And then guess what happens? It's good for national security. We have high-paying career jobs in the energy sector. We pay low rates in terms of our own gasoline, our own diesel, and America gets rich really, really fast. That, to me, would be smart. The only reason Saudi Arabia is so filthy rich is because they sell their resources. They sell their oil. Same with OPEC nations. You know what? They have billions of dollars to throw around only because the world buys their oil. The reason that Putin is making a billion dollars a day that he that can fund his war against the sovereign nation Ukraine is because he's getting a billion dollars a day profit. This is insanity. Anyway, appreciate it.
All right, quick break. Right back. We'll get right back to our busy phones. 800-941-SEAN, our number if you want to be a part of the program. All right, let's get back to our busy phones. Uh, Bill is in New York, stuck where in hell where we are. What's up, Bill? How are you? Hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. So uh, we have this smoking gun email that proves that Biden is the big man, the big guy. Okay. Correct. Yes, sir. So, which is a good thing. But I'm just curious as to, you know, Rudy Giuliani has had this laptop for like close to two years now. And I'm just curious, or it, it, it's funny to me that they haven't taken this laptop apart, and we would know that already, you know, a year and a half ago. It just no, ha- slow down. I could take you back even further than that. Now, when they raided Rudy Giuliani's apartment, they took every bit of electronics except for the one that hun- had Hunter Biden's laptop on it. Now, how insane is that? But we know from the from the computer repair guy, what is his name? John Paul Mack. Great guy. Um, I, I interviewed him, you know, a number of times. Really nice man. And sadly, his his life has been upended because of all this. He handed it to the FBI three, four years ago, whatever it happens to be by now. They've had it forever. Matt Gates called it out yesterday. I mean, he beat, he pounded these people uh, at the Department of Justice yesterday. The point that I would like to make is that if Giuliani, if this had been exposed a year and a half ago, that would have created pressure on the FBI to, you know, to take some action anyway, rather than being able to do what they've done and bury the damn thing. Darn thing. Sorry about that. Yep. Well, it keeps dripping and drabbing out. (laughs) Don't worry about it. You're okay. Uh, It keeps coming out slowly but surely. But um, I'm just not confident. I, I mean... The fact that nobody was held accountable for lying to FISA courts four separate occasions with unverified and unverifiable information, and even when they knew 100%, they were 100% certain it was not true, they kept kept verifying that it was true and accurate, and they they made the application anyway. Nobody held was held accountable for that. So it leads me to think we don't have equal justice or application of our laws anymore. Anyway, have a good weekend, my friend. God bless you. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. John Andrasik will join us next. He just got back from uh, Ukraine himself. Quick break. Right back. Right back.